welcome back to What Now? If you don't know, my name is Dylan Lau. I am the host and creator of this podcast, which gives insight into what following God is actually all about. If you don't know, this is season two of my podcast, and we call this season Let's Drive because we take a look at a car that is perfectly made for you, and the journey you'll take with this car is an analogy for your relationship with God. In this episode, we're going to take a pit stop. (laughs) This means that we are going to address questions and realizations about my own faith journey. Disclaimer before we even start, this is mainly my opinion and things I've learned and I guess my perspective and should be taken with a grain of salt because I'm not perfect. But I do believe that there is an importance to what I have to say. So enough of the intro, let's get into it. All right, so my question is, why are there so many different types of cars? And is there a better one? Meaning when it comes to the Christian faith, there are approximately 25,000 different denominations of the Christian faith that I discovered within one of my own textbooks in college. But even when I was looking it up, there were more than that. There were at least 45,000 different denominations within the U.S. alone. This includes Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, Pentecostal, Lutheran, Anglican, and so much more. Why? Why must there be so many divisions? I've been wrestling on this idea for a while, and as of right now, this is my mindset. There are over 4 billion people on earth. 4 billion different minds thinking and processing at least 4 billion different perspectives and ideas all at once. So how in the world could we possibly fathom all of us agreeing on only one singular method on how to build our relationship with God? We have a hard time agreeing on God's existence alone. How could we have the same mindset on how he should be praised? It's like saying if everyone ha- ever ha- it's like saying if everyone had to own the same exact car. That decision is practically impossible to work for everyone. There could be issues with the pricing, number 1. There could be practicality, like if you own a- if it's required to- for everyone to have a minivan, that's great for a family of 5, but what if you're just a couple? That just seems impractical. And The driving capabilities. Some people, it's hard for them to drive a stick shift, and if everyone's required a stick shift, that would be weird. Maybe it's the location. If everyone's so used to left driving, what about the people in the other part of the world that know how to drive with the right side? It would be confusing if we made that switch at this time. And even just simple things like the look of the car. Not everyone enjoys having a truck. Some people want a little Beetle. Some people just want the basic minivan. The list goes on and on. And that's why there's different cars for different people to suit their different needs. Just like there's different denominations for different upbringings of faith. If we look at 1 Corinthians, Paul, a person in faith, is writing to the church of Corinth, and in the first section of the letter, he addresses divisions among the church. He is saying, What I What I mean is this, one of you says, I follow Paul, another, I follow Apollos, another, I follow Cyphus, who is Peter, and still another, I follow Christ. 
Now, these are all teachers of the faith. He continues by saying, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Cyprus and Gaius. No one can say that you were baptized in my name, Paul's name. And by him saying this, he is stating that Christ was not sent to divide us all and create a popularity contest between divisions, but it's to unify us through his name. And now I'm not going to sit here and tell you which version of faith I think is the correct one, because I personally don't even believe that there is. Because what if maybe God had a vision of his perfect version of the church? But what if it's not just one singular method? What if he's already forming his perfect vision of faith in you? What if it's not about what you do, but it's about allowing God to instill his core values in your heart? What if it's about discovering the truths he graced you with and the freedom he gives you because of Christ. We've got to stay humble. Because we were the lowly pick. We were weak. Especially those who are watching this and have been in faith for a while. We know, thinking back to how we first got into this, we weren't the most ideal choice. We were just average, ordinary people that God has blessed and that God has brought into this journey with. Because God is strong, stronger than us. And Paul explains this back in 1 Corinthians by saying, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were noble of birth. And he did this so that none of us would boast. For Paul then self-reflects by saying, I came to you with great fear and trembling. This is the people of Corinth. My message and my preaching were not with the wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but of on God's power. And like he's saying that like none of this could be happening. None of what I'm doing for you guys, none of what I'm talking about, none of what I'm exclaiming is because of me. It's because of what God has pulled me through. Because we are not above anyone else in this faith journey. We are all on the same level. Because faith is what carries us into a relationship with God, all of us. But what does having faith in God really mean? Now, I'm not saying blind faith, which is like saying or thinking you having, have faith, is going to get you to where you want to go, because that's just not faith. Saying you're friends with someone doesn't mean you're actually friends with someone. You've got to put in the work. You've got to communicate. You've got to troubleshoot when there's a problem. And you've got to show up for that person. But it's also not just about the work. You have to care. You have to love and want to know your friend more. And when you show up, it's not just about filling in the checklist, but it's because you genuinely want to just be in that person's presence. This is exactly how we need to be with God. So when we consider the different denominations or the ways we were brought up in faith, no matter what it is, 
We need to ask, is this place what I'm doing? Is it bringing me closer to my friend, my father, my savior, God? Is this producing real faith? Is this car I'm in really the car that was made for me? If not, then some self-reflection needs to be taking place. Because it might not even be the place that you were brought up in, but it might have something to do with your heart and where you're at in your faith. But it could also mean it's time to try something new. And if you're confused or unsure, ask God, because it makes a difference. However, if you happen to realize you're genuinely growing in your relationship with God, then it doesn't matter how you were brought up. If it's through being a Baptist, great. If it's through being Catholic, amazing. If it's through self-discovery, incredible. To me, I believe that God can use anything to glorify his name, as long as it points to his name. Any tradition, ritual, or ideology that is rooted in love, commitment to the Lord, and a practice of praise lifting up his name shouldn't be looked down upon because it should be all centered with the intentions of knowing, loving, and praising God more. And it explains this more in following in 1 Corinthians when it says, I planted the seed. That's Paul. Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's fields, God's building. We are co-workers in God's service because God's the one that does the growing. We're the ones just doing the service and we are co-workers working together, producing the fruits of the Spirit along the way. That saying when we look to other people's versions of faith, we shouldn't belittle them. It's their own journey. And who gave us the authority to say what we're doing is better than someone else? We need to check our hearts because I know I've had to check my heart when it comes to hearing other people's version of faith. Because if they are genuinely, and emphasis on genuinely, building a close relationship with God rooted in love, faith, and hope, and the other fruits of the Spirit, what gives us the right to discriminate against their own versions of faith? If they are producing those fruits, why should we belittle them? In fact, we should take those other people's versions of faith in because maybe it'll help us on our journey. For Paul continues by saying, By the grace of God is giving me, I lay the foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. So another thing when it comes to learning about other methods of faith, it says in 1 John chapter 4, Dear friends, do not believe in every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Meaning we should respectfully take in other perspectives because it's healthy to learn how other people are finding their own relationship with God. And if it's producing God-breathed results, 
we should create our own understandings of it and maybe learn from them and how to strengthen our own walk. This building and collaborating between other people and other people's versions of faith is exactly what we need to bring people closer to him and to their own faith. Because I personally believe those who are genuinely feel a fruit-bearing relationship with God should speak up, should do things like this, because we need more positive influences of faith out there in the world. People who are collaborating, working together, people who are genuinely knowing, who generally know who God is and will be fruit bearers for the world around them. And the funny thing is, is there are a lot of you guys out there. And I just pray that one day those God-breathed unifying voices will outweigh the bad. I know this is a lot of information to process and sort through, but I hope you got something from this episode. Even if you don't agree with some of the things I said, I want to remind you that I'm still learning too. How could I possibly master all the ways of the Lord in just a mere 18 years of my life? And same to you, no matter what age you are, how could we possibly get this right the first time? You know, we're still learning and we're still growing because faith is a process just like any relationship. So take heart and look to the Lord. Get plugged into a church and that will help you grow closer to these ideas. These, and just learning who God is and what he stands for and, and loving others more and treating other people with kindness and respect and everything that is produced through the fruits of the spirit. And above all, let's just trust the process. And if you ever have any questions or had any questions about what I've said or what I've said in the past few episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to me through my email, whatnowpodcast20, or my Instagram, what.nowpodcast. I'd love to get back to you and I'd love to help you grow closer in your faith in any way that I could. And I hope that you wrestle with these ideas as your day goes on. And I'm thankful that you took the time to listen to what I had to say. See you guys in the next episode.